In a few sentences, please tell us who you are and what you do. I'm Dr. Keith Keating, Chief Learning and Talent Officer for R12 Holdings. I'm also an Associate Academic Director at the University of Pennsylvania and author of The Trusted Learning Advisor. So in essence, I'm in talent learning development. So, you know, Keith, we've known each other a long time. Between your passion for uh, the book that you just brought out, which is, which is exceptional, and while the idea of being a strategic partner, trusted partner, thought leader has been around a while, we both discussed this. This is still not yet a fully realized intention in the way of work and in the way of life, because it should be something that obviously is threading into who I show up to be at work, who I show up to be at home, and where where does learning inside of talent by itself with each everybody's a little bit different show up. So in this continued way, what is the best thing about being in L&D? today based on all that opportunity yeah. we have a great opportunity in front of us but before i get to that objectively my passion for this field is because learning has the power to transform and change lives and once you learn how to learn you are unstoppable and i feel like for us we have this great opportunity because we can prepare today's workforce for tomorrow it's going to be extremely disruptive and rather than sitting by passively and watch it take shape, we can actually drive it. And there's a lot of change and disruption that's happening in the workforce. And we can be the voice of our learners. We can advocate for them and their development because I find there's not really another role that does speak for the learners or in other words, for the talent. And so we've got that opportunity in front of us to evolve from being order takers to being trusted learning advisors. And the reality, the future of work doesn't just happen. We get to create it. And to me, that is exciting and what I think drives me and what is the best thing about being learning development right now. I totally agree. Totally agree. And once you learn how to learn, once you're able to apply how to learn to not just the skills I need to acquire, because obviously we both know how how rich and how hot topic skill skill building is, future skills, way of work, automation, AI, among many more strategic and or just like very granular aspects. It, it's about capability. I, there's a lot of skills one can have, but it doesn't mean they know how to leverage, extract it, collaborate, integrate it. So to your point, it's a completely different context in what we can do, what we can affect, because whether it's expansion, Domestically, globally, new product vertical, new features on said product, changing landscape of an industry, new industry, better mousetrap, all of which comprises learning to think about, evolve, frame, pilot, so many touch points on learning from before we can get to training and readying people. And even in doing that, that's different. So you and I, again, both, both share that. And it's key to be a trusted advisor to own that intersection within the business as well, beyond just deploying learning. With that being said, we both know this, right? Most executives at very many different levels and including our community and our podcast have shared the continued shift in expectations. Everything we're talking about, being embedded in the business, driving the business forward, owning that agenda, and that shapes beyond the learning, every other aspect that learning and development should touch because it's development, not just learning. How do you see expectations evolving, shifting, in relation to not just L&D as a function, 
what is the key business driver? So a lot of the conversations that I'm having now or even hearing about in the industry revolve around this idea of executives asking the question, is L&D even necessary at this point? And it's a, it's a provocative question and you know, the gut reaction is, of course it is. Well, you have to think about why. With the introduction of tools like AI, our business can create good learning solutions, not great ones. Not ones that are backed by the science of learning, but sometimes they don't care. They don't need that. They don't want that type of language, at least in their eyes. And sometimes good is good enough. And so we're at this crossroads where we have to prove our value and our worth now more than ever. It, essentially, it comes down to evolve or become obsolete. And so the expectation is, from executives, both in and outside of L&D, demonstrate your value. And to do that, you need to identify what's important to your business, to your stakeholders, not necessarily to you. Uh, we often have our own ideology, our own intentions, our own expected outcomes. At the end of the day, it comes down to what's best for the business and our stakeholders. And sometimes what we perceive as value is not necessarily shared by the business. Same idea that you go to a Costco, BJ, Sam's Club, and this has been around for decades. Why is sampling food still a very powerful marketing strategy? Why? Because people, even if they want the box, as soon as they taste it, they know. Sometimes good is good enough, and sometimes that means a smaller portion than the whole meal. And that's true in any type of business line, and I think you're 100% right. It's it's the agile play of, let's start here. I know you need here, but if we can just get this and I occupy a win, it's a win and a platform I can stand higher with you to look at the at that landscape and say, look, now we can do more. Versus, I know we need to do more, let's do it all today. That's, that's a very key context. And we both know with quarterly earnings, numbers, priorities, and or deliverables, it's huge to just kind of own, get some short wins, get some key, some, some key trust, and build a bill forward. What guidance, advice would you want to share with other talent development leaders based on this, strategically, but also pragmatically in the like right now? So I'm going to give a non-shameless plug. And I would say the long answer can be found in the trusted learning advisor. If I were to take one piece of that to share with learning leaders, it would be this. I often hear talent talking about trying to get a seat at the table. My advice is this, stop trying to get a seat at someone else's table. That's Build right. Build your own table. Build your Please own table. Yeah. yeah. And, and invite them to sit with you. And you do this by having a point of view, by adding value to the conversation. So I'll give an example. One of the strategies that I employ is I create a skills advisory board. You can call it whatever you want to where I invite key stakeholders, L&D, someone else from the C-suite, an outside L&D practitioner, so it's not just my voice, and sometimes I even invite a competitor to sit at that table with us because largely we all have the same goal. So we meet on a reoccurring basis. I drive the conversation, but here's the key. Before anybody gets into that room, I've conducted massive amounts of research from reputable research firms. We've got World Economic Forum, Deloitte, McKinsey Global Institute, whoever it is, 
to understand market trends and the landscapes. I look at proposed future industry challenges, skill gaps. I meet with frontline workers in the business. I'm conducting qualitative research. I learn the language of the business and I'm taking all of this and I'm packaging it and disseminating it down to little sound bites so that I've got proposed challenges and potential solutions. All of this happens before I even get into the room so that when we're together, I facilitate a meaningful conversation that demonstrates I know the business, I know the landscape, I have yep. a proposed point of view, and I ensure that I'm respecting their time so that I'm proactive rather than reactive and driving that conversation. And I do this on average about every six months so that we keep concepts like future of work and skills getting the attention where they deserve. So in summary, build your own table and invite others to sit with you. Yeah, we, you and I have said this for a long time together. I, that is, we're one of the exact same philosophy because if you build your own table, your table is kind of a thread across the business, not just one key perch on one part of the mountain. So you're looking at a landscape versus you're looking at the horizon versus just one perch on one of the mountaintops. And one of the greatest gaps at a learning leader right to your point can capture is the intersection between the leaders that they themselves often don't see. They don't see the competing priorities of their projects, financial asks, resources, deployment, and how is this going to embed in our business and how will this deploy market-ready services or customer-ready solutions to elevate against the competition? And all these things are always competing. They don't see that. You as a learning leader can, because your table is actually across other people's tables. And that's what we could do a whole hour just on that point alone. So I, I'm totally with you. With with that being said, we both know that that requires more than just inviting, scheduling, inviting, engaging. And okay, we, we had this meeting. It requires a little bit more, much more chess than checkers, obviously. What are the one to two critical mindsets or skills that are required for learning leaders to be this business leader that happens to lead L&D and is really occupying more of a strategic entrepreneurial operating system versus one that is just about needs and skills and programs and offerings. What do you think is needed for that? So I'll share a, a skill set and then a mindset. So for the skill set, we need to be focusing on futures literacy. So rather than trying to predict one type of future, which none of us can predict, otherwise we'd all be playing the lottery and winning, futures ah. literacy is about developing the skill set that's imaginative and creative that allows you to plan for multiple futures. So in theory, here, here's how it works in practice. You take an idea, a skill, a job, a technology, whatever it is, and you imagine four Ps, what's possible, plausible, probable, and preferable for that future. And then you take that preferable outcome of what you want to see happen. And rather than forecast, you're backcasting where you start with that desired future endpoint, And then you're working backwards to figure out what type of steps and conditions are necessary to achieve that future. Right. That's futures literacy. The second is a mindset. And this mindset goes back to what I've been talking about so far. And that's the trusted learning advisor mindset otherwise known as being a strategic consultative business partner. You know, trusted learning advisor is more than just being a learning provider. 
We are a strategic partner who understands the broader picture for our stakeholders. We comprehend how and why that solution fits, the implications for long-term success, and the best way to implement it. And by, by encapsulating that mindset, we've got a better chance of actualizing our vision for talent and growth in the organization. Yeah, it's, it's, it's well said, right? You need to be able to own that value because at the end of the day, if they understand what it takes to sell against what we need to market, against really understanding pain points, opportunities in what we've deployed to the customer, what we want to build for the customer, how does it intersect how we operation? If I can understand that full value chain, then I'm best enabled to be able to drive success because again, we're owning the table across other tables versus just, I need to build this technical skill set in our new machinery to ensure that we can drive a rapid upcycle of production. It's this and reduce our downtime here. That's great. So many other components that you don't need to master, you got to own, you got to value. I think Keith, that, that quick pragmatic play, I think is huge and, and phenomenal. And most importantly, because we we've known each other for a while, this 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 discussion, this narrative is one that people may say, "Oh, I know I need to, but I'm really busy." But yeah, I need to be some form of that. If you don't do that, we're producing a lot of raw material without a blueprint or a plot of land to where that's going to apply. Because things are rapidly changing, they are evolving, and that trusted learning advisor is much more embedded in the impact outcomes and just the overall trend line of what's going on in the business. And there's just the program class, the hiring, the workforce by itself, because that by itself, that context around the shift, so does the workforce, so do the needs. What you provided is just phenomenal. One, one bonus question. What do you think is key for the folks that are watching this, how to hardwire what they've heard into their day-to-day, -day, not only as they grow into it, but can get short-term wins as well. How do they kind of manage that dichotomy? It starts small. It starts very small with small wins. You know, I, what we've been talking about on here has been encapsulated over five, six, seven years in my career. So it's not like you can just build that table today and then expect people to show up. You have to build the trust. You have to build the relationships. You have to put the effort in beforehand. Uh, you know, every skill that we're talking about takes time. It cannot be rushed. That being said, it's small wins. Um, I would, and not to <laughs> shamelessly plug again, I would say check out the book because the way that I wrote the book is a manifesto, is a guide that you can literally pick up, put down at any moment. You can open up any page and there's going to be some sort of actionable advice that you can take and start to apply immediately. Yeah. Final question. So where can they find the book. Where's the best way for them to get that? On Amazon, or you can go to the trustedlearningadvisor.com. Awesome. This is Jack Golly with the LD Transformation Podcast. For more, please come to our hub where you can find over 90 episodes over three seasons from some of the best, brightest, and really those that are really poised to kind of really seize the future. Also, you can find the conversation discussion on LinkedIn. And then just your traditional audio channels for podcasts, your Apple, Spotify, Google, and Amazon. Keith, thanks again.